Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Whoo, awesome. All right, who's ready, man? I'm telling you, I am uh, going to try and not fly around the room. <laughs> Bible says you can fly if you're in the spirit, doesn't it not? That you can rest under his wings and fly with him. Not literally. I'm going to give that a go one day, see what happens. <laughs> Apparently you can walk on water, so why not give flying a try? <laughs> why not? You first. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Man, I, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, God is good. Are you in love? Yes. No, you're really in love. You do crazy things for love, yeah? I fell in love with a man 21 years ago. I'm not gay. But I'm in love. This man has been changing me minute by minute, bit by bit. And I say to people, all I want to do is release my father. I want to release the Christ in me. I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to try and change you. All I want to do is share my father with you. The father that I've come to know, the relationship that I've come to know, the faith that I've come to know because I know my father. And I know his son and I know the spirit, the Holy Spirit who is a person. And they are three in one. I'm in the most phenomenal relationship I've ever been in, full stop. And it's getting greater and greater and greater and greater. And the life I'm in is getting greater and greater and greater. The Bible tells me that nothing is impossible. It says I can love like God. You can love like God. Because that's what God says is true. Jesus said, love people like I love you. Okay, then help me, Lord, and fill me. Because in me, that's impossible, but with you, all things are possible. Like flying's possible in God. Because when the Spirit of the Holy Spirit comes under you and lifts your body, you fly above the earth so you can live like Him and not be connected to the earth, but live on earth like Him. It's phenomenal, man. This relationship is unbelievable. It ain't boring. If Christianity is boring, can I encourage you to check the gap between you and him? The Bible says there are these lukewarm people. Don't be them. Do you know there's no reason to be lukewarm? There's zero reason to be lukewarm and there's zero reason to be cold. There's only one position we want to be and that's hot. Going from hot to hotter. If I was to take your temperature today, how hot would you be? Viv just says she's hot. I said, it's about to get hotter, man. (laughs) My wife's hot. (laughs) But she's not as hot as him. Mm. Come with me to Deuteronomy 26. This isn't in the PowerPoint. These are the words I... Sense I was on the plane just to declare over you and myself today. We're a family, aren't we? Family of one. 26. Deuteronomy 26, verse 18. 
Do you know there's no special people? There's just sons and daughters. I love being here with you guys. We love being here with you guys because it's family, man. It's just family. And when you're with family, you just chill out, hang out, relax. No one's trying to perform. No one's trying to impress. It's not about impressing anybody. That's not a performance. That's just about being family. So I'm not trying here to woo you or wow you. I just want to share Christ with you and who I know. In the hope through the knowledge of God that I carry, the Holy Spirit will grab it and your heart will be ready to receive a word that will create creation in your life. A word that would change you today. A word that would heal you today. A word that would build you. Isn't all of this built on the word of God? Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the substance of God, the word of God, Jesus himself and his words, for his words are spirit and life. So if you have a heart, if you have good soil that's fertile, then you are ready to receive the seed called the word of God. And when that seed hits its mark and the Holy Spirit pours living water onto it, it starts to grow. And the life of Christ starts to grow in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ in me is greater than what's coming at me. So I must be able to hear the substance of heaven that comes forth out of a man or a woman's mouth, not the words the man says or the woman, but the word. Jesus said, guys, you don't understand because you can't hear my word. And it's not a natural hearing. It's a spiritual hearing. Do you understand the difference? There's a hearing, and then there's a hearing. There's a hearing. What did he say? Oh, something about faithfulness and something about this. And he read Deuteronomy over us, and yeah, it was all right, cool. And then there's this. Oh, my goodness. He spoke this thing, and it hinted my spirit. And I don't know what it was. I don't understand it, but it changed me. It fed me like the food I'm about to receive at that place. It went into me, and the bread of life came alive. That's what it means when you hear the word. It's awesome. (laughs) You can't shut up. You're like the guy that Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody. Sorry, everybody needs to know about Jesus. (laughs) It's the one time you're allowed to be disobedient. (laughs) She's like, oh, you just made it harder, bro. Oh, well, fill your boots, go for it. The word changes us because it's him. It's not a book. And I say this to the rock, I say, guys, do you know the Lord of the book or the book of the Lord? Do you know the God of the book or do you just know the book? So he says this over us today, Deuteronomy 26, 18. The Lord has today declared to you to be his people, a treasured possession as he promised you and that you should keep all his commandments 
and that he, listen to this, will set you high above all nations which he has made for praise, fame, and honor, and that you shall be consecrated, a consecrated people to the Lord your God, as he has spoken. Now he's talking about the Israelites, but you were called before the foundation of the earth. You were chosen just like they were. People say, but the Israelites are the called chosen people. I go, yeah, and so was I. Yes? Ephesians, before the foundations of the earth, son, I saw you and I called you and I chose you to live a life worthy of the gospel. So guess what? God is making two people into one. So they are not just the called and chosen ones. I am. Yeah, before I ever had a chance to sin as well. (laughs) Before I ever had a chance to be mess it all up with my behavior, I was called. Do you realize if you know how much you belong to him, you'll start believing it and your behavior will change. Do you know what we do though? We go this, you've got to behave right before you can believe, before you can belong. So back to front, isn't it? Get your behavior sorted out before you belong to God. The only problem with that is that is anti-Christ teaching. It's demonic. God says, uh, no, you, I actually have to come down and make you belong to me because your behavior will never stack up. Jesus came because Israel belonged to his father. I've come looking for the lost tribes of Israel because they belong to me. And if you can capture belonging, oh, man, it changes everything. You're not trying to perform. You're not trying to act. You're not trying, if I just get, no, not just get, you're accepted as you are. So receive it as you are, believe it, and let the power of God change your behavior so you're able to walk like Christ. This is good, eh? Okay, haven't even started. 11 minutes. How long I got, bro? Okay, here we go. Do you believe what I read, though? Do you believe what I just read? The Lord has today declared to you and me as his people a treasured position. You are a treasured position that he promised you and me. If we keep his commandments, he will set us high above the nations which he has made for praise, fame, and honor that you shall be consecrated, called out ones. Called out of the earth, leave the world and get connected and abide in me so you can live like me and the manifold wisdom of Christ will come through the church and a lost world would see God on earth. That's our identity. Not these little people who struggle and survive life. We're called to thrive in life. Because we have the word. Not words. Not scriptures. Hear what I'm saying? I love the scriptures, but the scriptures must be spirit and life. Otherwise, they're just dead words. And Jesus said, you search the dead words because you think in the dead words, the scriptures, you're going to find eternal life. They testify about me, meaning the words point you to the word. Then he says this, but guys, you're unwilling to come to me to have eternal life. Don't be that. Allow him to go to work on your inside. Psalm 37 verse 3. This today is called cultivating faithfulness. Cultivating faithfulness. 
I did a message when I was last here for the men, and I taught them about having to cultivate their own garden. Cultivate your heart. Remember, George? Remember that message? You were right there, mate, taking notes. <laughs> I won't ask him what I said, though. <laughs> cultivate your own garden. Do you know if you don't cultivate your own garden, weeds grow in your garden? Yeah. Your garden is your heart. If you let weeds get into your heart and they grow in your heart, they strangle life. Because Jesus said, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. If you let things get in your heart, it chokes the life out of you. So you can't live the way you were designed to live. Jesus comes to change the heart of man before he tries to change the mind of man. Because understanding starts in the heart of man, not the mind. So Psalm 37.3 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. We're going to look at trust and faith are very different things, but they sound the same and are sort of similar, but are not. And we confuse the difference between trust and faith. Trust comes from knowing God. Faith comes from hearing God. Now, they're very close and they're a partnership, but they're actually two things, and what you, in the spirit, they blend as one. So this is what you need. When you don't have faith, you need to trust in God. Because faith is the conviction of what you know is true. So faith sees into the unseen realm, and you know it's true. I know Liverpool is going to win the league. <laughs> Peter Morton, if you're listening, Arsenal is a crap team. I listened to three weeks' message on faith. I had a listen. You have no faith, Peter Morton. Arsenal winning the league is wishful thinking. That is not faith. Full stop. Liverpool fan. When you can't see in the unseen and know what is in the unseen, you need to trust in what he's saying is in the unseen. When you can see in the unseen and know, it transitions from trust to faith. I step in. I lay hold of what I saw and know, and thank you very much. I know just enter, I possess what is within the unseen realm. Then God calls you to another level of something. You can't see it. Hear what I'm saying? So now I need to trust God. As I trust God and enter in, there it was. And it's a process of faith, trust, faith, trust, faith, trust. We're called to live a life of faithfulness. And the more faithfulness you have, faith, the less trust you need because you're seeing everything that you've been predestined to see in the kingdom of God because he said, I've given you eyes and ears to hear and see all the mysteries that are in this invisible realm called the kingdom of God. So if you can see it, you can take it, you can eat it, and you can partake of it, and now you can live. A life of faithfulness. You see, it's a life full of faith. Yeah? So what are we full of? I'd like to say we're all full of faith, but we might be full of something else. <laughs> Arsenal fans are full of themselves. But generally, what, is, what are you full of? Okay, I'll list a few things here. Are you full of love? Because you're promised to live a life full of God, are we not? So the promise of God is to live a full life in God, an overflowing life. Do you know God doesn't add, he multiplies. 
So I read scriptures of my father that I believe. He says, take a seed, and if you actually sow it well, it produces 30, 60, 100 times the seed. That's not adding, guys. That's multiplication. So God is the God who multiplies little things into big things, is he not? So we are to live not a full life, an overflowing, abundant life, so you can be full all the time, always hungry, but always full, and giving out all the time. You never turn up to a dinner empty-handed. You have an overflow because you're the God who knows, you're the son who knows God of the overflow. The overflow is in you. So rivers, not trickles of water, rivers of water come from the inside out. That's what he's saying. He says, if you believe the scriptures, you'll have rivers of living water. You will be a wellspring. And people come to wellsprings to drink water. Do they not? So, lady, if you want the living water, go get your husband. If you want what's on offer like you're telling me, then go get me your husband. Are those two things connected? They are. What has your heart is determining the level of water you can receive. What you truly or who you truly love is getting in the way of this water. So I'm today going to address the issue of the heart. So what is the heart full of? Because if it's not full of God, it's full of something else. And that full of something else restricts us from being full of God. It's one thing to say you are, it's another thing to know it. And then your life demonstrates the fullness of actually what you say is in you. Because this is about a demonstration, not about a teaching. Anyone can teach, not everyone can live. So this is about the living demonstration of God in you and through you that you manifold, you manifest God to the earth because you're able to walk in the manner in which Jesus walked. Can you hear the promise and the inheritance for us? Because Jesus said, I build a church, and the flesh, the world, and the enemy don't come close to touching it. These people overcome the gates of Hades. Why? Because they are full of the reality that's for them called the Word, and the Word richly dwells within them, and it's the substance that created everything. That's an offer worth going after, isn't it? Lay hold of what I have laid hold of you for, Philippians 3 verse 12. And I press on towards the upward call in Christ because everything is in the Son. So I wrote down, am I full of love? Am I full of faith? Am I full of hope? Am I full of joy? Remember, this is an abundance, what I just said, isn't it? Am I full of rest? Am I full of peace? Am I full of freedom? Am I full of power? Am I full of selflessness? How is this possible? Because the word Jesus is growing in me. Because the seed of Christ that's planted that I hear and receive and the Holy Spirit waters starts to grow a tree that is blessed that sits behind the waters, Psalms 1 tells me. Who is the tree? Well, it's him, but he's making many trees. So it tells me also, if I'm abiding as a branch in a vine, there is much fruit that is produced. 
But the branch doesn't produce the fruit, it actually has it produced through it and in it. It's not trying to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's just the byproduct of staying connected to the true vine because the root system of the true vine is love. And love flows up through the vine, out the branch, and pop, 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 pop. The branch has love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentle self-control. In abundance. Not just enough for me. Enough for me, overflowing, and then for everyone that comes into contact with a Christian, a Christ-like person. This is good news, man. This is the gospel. And we've watered it down to just getting across the line and not going to hell. That's not the message Jesus Christ brought. He brought the message of the kingdom. And that the kingdom would come into the church and be birthed in the church. So the king of the kingdom lives in this vessel. He's powerful. Is he not? Is he not the power of God? 1 Corinthians 1.24. Is he not the wisdom of God? Do you think if you have Christ in, you have the power of God and the wisdom of God living in you? Do you think you can contain that? No way. (laughs) You get crazy. People get a little bit scared. (laughs) Let's not be full of selfishness. No reason to be full of selfishness. No reason to be full of fear. No reason to be full of pride. Does not perfect love cast out all fear? No reason for fear to exist. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. No reason to be full of insecurity, self-ambition, anxiety, worry, stress, unrest, burdens, disillusionment, despair. No reason for that. If we're struggling with that today, that's okay. Our Father loves us. But know this, you don't have to struggle with it anymore. Know this, that he wants to reach in, grab the root of that sucker and rip it out and then fill you with himself. Why? So you can live the life you are predestined to know. An eternal life, which is a life that lives forever now, full of the eternal substance of Jesus, because Jesus is eternal life. So if you know Jesus, you know eternal life. You are the recipient of eternal life, so you just live eternal life out. Not because you try, because you don't know how to do anything else. Because you're a Christian. Man, but we've got to wrestle for this stuff. Now, I've just clearly articulated the word of the Lord. Do you believe what I just said is for you? Do you believe it in your heart? Because the unbelief sits right on our shoulder. And it talks. Says that sounds good. That's probably right. But it's probably for the person beside me, not me. You need to take that thought captive and cast it back to where it came from. And you just need to say yes and amen. I believe what I just heard through your power, Lord. So reveal it in me so I'm able to live it out. I'm not going to try and memorize it. I'm not going to try and squeeze it in somehow and produce fruit out of me. I'm just going to receive it through the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm going to accept it, believe it, and then it's going to perform its work in me to those who believe. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. Then I'm going to be an imitator of God like all the other Christians that are hanging out with me. 
I'm not going to be a copier of God. I'm going to be an imitator of God. For Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. He didn't say try to copy my works. He said, get in me so the works will be done in you and just flow out of you. And you will stand there going, I don't know how that happens, but I know it's coming through me. Man, that's supernatural. And it's incredible. I don't know how I know this stuff. But I do. But I didn't do it through study, meaning trying to get my mind full of words. I sit there in his presence. I meditate on his scriptures and I say, Holy Spirit, renew my heart and my mind to what my father is saying. Bring it to light that I may have it in me, that I may share it. (laughs) And it can be in you and me. And it's endless. Our ability to cultivate faithfulness in our lives is dependent on our ability to hear the Word of God. God wants us to live lives of faith. Faithfulness in Him. Yes? The righteous. How many of you are righteous today? If you've received the blood of Christ over you, He has made you sparkling, right, new, spotless, blameless, perfect, not because of your behavior, but because of His love for you. So He has made us right. So the righteous live by what? Faith in who? Right. So the righteous live in their absolutely convinced, fully convinced position of Jesus Christ, what He says, and the way He does everything. That's how the church is to live. The righteous people who have been washed by the power of the blood of Christ are to be fully convinced of Him, who He says He is and how we're called to live, and His way. It's called living a life of righteousness by the absolute knowledge of God you carry. Come to Luke 17. Is that okay? All right. You're hanging with me. Don't leave me. (laughs) This is a very powerful passage that is a little bit confronting, but it's okay. Okay? It's okay for God to confront us, is it not? In love and say, Son, I love you. There is so much I have for you, son and daughter. And there's so much I want you to know about me and come into the life you are predestined for. So if he sees something that he knows is preventing us from life, he comes to us, doesn't he not? And he also sends people to us who are in him to help us. Hence he says, walk together and love one another. So together you come into the fullness of life as a family. Not as a business, not as an organization, not as a club, as a family. You know, these guys going to Fiji are just an extension of who you are. They're not leaving you. They're just going to spend some time in Fiji. Go visit them. Go help them. Say, hey, brother, hey, sister, how's it going over here, man? Loving on what we're doing. Can we serve? 
can we help? Because we're family. I've got family in America. I've got family all over the world. I don't think that I'm never going to see them. They're my family. And sometimes in family, you may not contact people now and again, but you know when you get together? It's just family, eh? It's like you pick up where you left off. Because you're family that has received his name. And his name is Christian, Christ-like, which is a powerful name. Everything happens in the name. So, this is going to be a little bit confronting, but it's good. <laughs> Say it's good. It's good. Say confrontation is good. Confrontation is good. Say conviction of the heart is really good. Conviction of the heart is really good. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. You just gave me license to preach. <laughs> okay. 17 verse 1, uh, Luke 17 verse 1. He said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him who through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hanged around his neck or hung, and he were thrown into the sea, than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Verse 3, Be on your guards. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times a day, saying, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith, like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Stumbling blocks are anti-Christ. They are things that we think or say or ways of man. They are anti or opposite God, what he says, and his way. Correct? So it's not the anti-Christ. It's anti-Christ. So stumbling blocks come and they cause someone to stumble over the way of Christ that they may have been going. Are you tracking with me? Because this is really important. Okay? So they come and they prevent someone from entering into life because they cause them to stumble, fall over, get hurt, or they just prevent them from entering into. The Pharisees were always preventing people from entering into the kingdom. Yes? Do you know you can be the same? Do you know you can be a stumbling block? Why? Because you don't know the Lord as well as you think you do. You don't know or disagree with his teaching. And maybe you don't know the way he does things. Do you agree with me? I'm glad you said yes because he said to Peter, Peter, you are a stumbling block to me. Mm. Peter, you're a stumbling block to me because you set your mind on your own interests. What was the context? Jesus was teaching them, I'm going to Jerusalem to die. Oh no, you're not. It took me this long to find you. Now you are not leaving me. It took these guys this long maybe to find them, but they are not leaving you. You are sending them. Oh, 
no, 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 no. That's not how this is going down, Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus, how this is going down. You ready for it, Jesus? And he goes, dribble, 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 dribble. <laughs> and Jesus turns around and he says, Peter, I love you. Do you know, you need to know your love for the Lord to rebuke you. If you don't know how much he loves you, it's very hard for you to receive a rebuke and a teaching of correction because you hear it through the flesh and all your insecurities and fear manifest and then you bolt and leave what you should have allowed to enter into you. You see, what you do is you deny the power of God, which is Christ, and you maintain your form of godliness because you deny godliness. See, it's one thing to have a form of godliness, but it's one thing to have godliness and live a godly way. Can you hear me? If you deny the truth, Jesus, the power of God, you will always maintain a form of godliness, but not godliness. So you will always wonder why, although you sing songs, put your hands in the air, even lay hands on people, even preach, this life in you is always void of you. So you can do works, 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 but you know what you don't have? Joy, peace, kindness, patience, love, rest, freedom, because you denied the word that would actually come and pierce your heart and do a deep work in your heart because you were afraid. So you can maintain godliness, a form of it, sorry. You can look the part, but then when he actually comes and confronts you with the part, guess what you do? No to God. It's not that good, okay? Because God doesn't come to hurt you because he's not against you. Is he not for you? So if he comes to you or a brother and sister who love you come to you and want to help you because maybe they see something in your life that you're blinded to, don't just reject them off the bat because you may be rejecting Christ in them and the truth they're bringing, which has come to set you free. So you just maintain one of them. Why is my life not changing? Because you're rejecting those I'm sending you to help. You don't get sick if you don't take the medicine. Sorry, you don't get better. I see this all the time in the body. Oh, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord because he doesn't come like that. Well, guess what? Peter didn't think that was right either. Yeah, and then he says this, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. I reckon just the breath of that would have knocked him over. <laughs> Bro, take some mints. <laughs> now, was Peter Satan? No. But the wisdom in his head was from the kingdom of darkness. So the way he thought was a stumbling block to him. And Jesus says, Peter, you are a stumbling block. Never mind the Pharisees, son. Today you are. But I love you. You see, you can have part knowledge and it's dangerous. But it's good. But you've got to realize you do not yet know as you ought to know. If you want to live a life of faithfulness, you don't know what you ought to know right today. You don't know what you need to be able to live this full life. So don't think you do, otherwise you're full of pride. Because the scriptures tell me, Greg, you don't know as you ought to know. You with me? 
So I've got to receive that and go, that's right. And that's awesome. So reveal what I don't know so what I don't know I can know. (laughs) But you don't have a passion for what you don't know. Do you? So when someone comes up and says, bro, do you know this? Nah. Do you want to know it? Nah. Why? Because I don't know it. But do you want to know it, brother? Well, how much is it going to cost me? (laughs) You must be knowing what I'm talking about. Isn't it the first question we ask? How much is it going to cost me? Quite a bit. Time. I got none. I'm busy. What are you busy doing? (laughs) See, I don't go away. I'm like a bad smell or a mosquito, eh? People hate me. Hey, what are you busy doing? (laughs) Oh, you know. Oh, living for yourself. (laughs) Because you're full of yourself. Because everything you said was you. You're living for you. The only problem with that is you said, come and live with me and for me. And so a brother comes and says, hey, man, there's some work he wants to do. But if you reject the word that the brother has or sister has, you just reject God. You just committed suicide. Now, it doesn't mean God doesn't come back and give you another chance and another chance. and another. God's the God of the hundred thousandth chance. That's my testimony. But at some point in time, you've got to make the connection and go, there's a pattern forming here. <laughs> this seems to be coming around the mountain again. Oh, well, it must be all them. Because it can't be me. (laughs) Sometimes he just gets so sick and tired, he goes, bang, idiot, it's me. Repentance, oh, sorry, Lord, sorry, Lord. (laughs) Whose testimony is that? Mine. (laughs) You are so dumb at times, Simnor, and thick, but I love you. And I will get you where you're getting need to get to, but son, hear my word. Be humble. And if you can't be humble, I'm going to humble you, so be humble. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lord. So we can be stumbling blocks, guys. They say this, increase our faith. It sounds good, eh? Do you know it's a stumbling block? It sounds so right. Oh, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah. Increase my faith. He goes, if you had faith. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Lord, increase it. No, if you had it. don't have faith because if you had faith the size of a mustard seed you would actually be able to say to the mulberry tree out of here but you don't have faith because you don't know who I am yet you know about me but you don't know me do you know there's a real difference between what I just said do you know when he walks on water and he enters the boat, and he's asleep, 
Then they wake him up, because why? They're full of faith or full of fear? <laughs> Increase our faith, Lord! They got none. That's why they're afraid. It sounds so spiritual and right, but it's stupid. And it's wisdom from the kingdom of darkness. It's a stumbling block to receiving real faith. We say this all the time. Man, we have little slick things that we throw off. And, oh, it sounds good and it's good. And we all go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, no, that's a stumbling block. That's not the word. That's man's flash words. That's man's persuasive lingo. It sounds so hip and so cool. We all go, yeah, man, that's cool, brother. And then we all leave empty going, oh, what was that all about? And a test comes. Someone cuts us off. Oh, that's Christ-likeness right there, isn't it? Oh, sorry, peace. Got around the wrong way. Sorry about that. Bless ya. Even if you don't do, what's going in your heart? I come back here. It just sounds all good. It's just not God. So he goes, oh my goodness. They wake him up. He calms the seas. And what do they say? Who is he? <laughs> They're more afraid now than what they were before. Oh my goodness. Who is he? <laughs> Shoot, we're in trouble. Who is this guy? Why do you think he asked everybody, who do you think I am? Because faith is based on the knowledge of God you have revealed in you. So Jesus is always going, who do you think I am? Because he wants to see how much fully convinced of the knowledge of God you carry in you and his truth and his ways. And he looks straight into your heart and goes, just as I thought, heaps. Well done, brother. <laughs> he was worried there, eh? <laughs> He's like, how's this going down? Courage, my brother, man. <laughs> I like to have fun. I'm from Liverpool, man. You can't have anything but fun when you're from Liverpool. But see, this is a very confronting reality, isn't it? Can you imagine being there as them and going, Lord, increase our faith? He goes, guys, if you actually had it, you would actually be able to say this and this would happen. So right there, he's actually not saying, because he loves us, you don't have anything. He's actually sort of rewording it, but what he's really saying is, you don't have any faith. But guess what? There's hope. There's always hope, because I am hope. And if you're in me and know me, for on the revelation of Jesus Christ, I build my own church, then you're going to have faith. So while faith is being formed and a life of faithfulness is being formed, you need to trust me. But man, when you start coming into the knowledge of me, not about me, you see, you search the Scriptures because you think in the Scriptures you're going to find eternal life, but they testify about me. They are not me. But when you find me, 
the creator of the universe, who all things have been created for through, guess what happens to you? You actually now have faith. And it's not something you whip up. It's not something you squeeze out. It's not something you try really hard to believe in in the hope that God is going to come through for you. That's trust. Faith is knowing with all assurance and the evidence and the conviction of what you've seen in an unseen realm because faith sees what is in the unseen and it believes so it's already received it and lives from it. Abraham did not trust God. Abraham had faith in God so he did not hesitate one bit to kill his son. And we paint that up as this. Oh my goodness, I don't know whether I could have done it. I don't know whether I could have done it. Oh my goodness, he needed faith to do it. No, sorry, yes. But no, not the way we think faith is. What did he say? He said this, guess what? Me and my boy are going over there to worship. Then we are coming back. (laughs) How cool is that? You know what also Abraham knew? Because he was in God. He knew that God could raise him from the dead because he was a prototype, a model of Christ. Hebrews 11. He knew if God chose to kill his son, he'd just raise him up. Can you hear what that faith enables you to live? It's powerful, isn't it? This is why he says God provides. God provides and will provide for what God says. This is why we need to hear the word of the Lord, because he backs what he says, not what we think he says. And what he says, when it's received in, produces faith, because faith comes by hearing the word of God, the rhema, word of God. So I started with saying, can you hear? Not words, the word of God. Because the ability to see and have knowledge of God, not about God, comes from the ability to hear in the spirit the word of heaven that is pronounced and proclaimed, preached into the earth. How will I ever know unless one comes and preaches, not just get out of jail card, but the kingdom of God? How will they ever be able to live the life they've been called and chosen for before the foundation of the earth, which is an eternal life, a life that lives forever, now and into the future, and receive every promise of inheritance that is in me, that is yes and amen, unless one comes and declares it, but then the people hear it. You see, he said this to Abraham. He said, there are a number of mountains, weren't there? Go to the mountain in which I tell you. Why? Why was it so important he went to the mountain? Because God says there are mountains, but go to the mountain. Why was it so important he went to the mountain and he heard the mountain, not any mountain? 
because the ram was waiting on the mountain that God had provided. God provided the ram on the mountain. What do you think that looks like for our lives now? To hear a rhema word or a logos made alive in you, it opens up the realm of the kingdom of God, and now you have a knowledge of Christ, because everything is contained in Christ, Colossians 2, 2 to 4. Every wisdom of treasure of knowledge is contained in the Son. So God opens up this realm and you're looking from your heart. What did Paul pray? I pray the eyes of your heart would be what? In the knowledge of God. The true knowing of God. So you and I could live a life full of faithfulness. So this was a stumbling block, their words, their language. Increase our faith. No, he said, if you had it, you would actually be able to act. Our words actually truly determine what we believe. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you truly believe in your heart, you will speak. Do you speak life or death? Sounds so good. Increase our faith. It's actually a lie. No, no. If you had faith, if you had revelation of who I am, it's coming, guys. But if you had it, you would actually be able to say, and it only needs to be the size of a mustard seed. Do you like my shirt? It's quite cool, eh? It's quite bright. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Imagine if you had a watermelon-sized faith. What do you reckon that would look like in your life? Not a mustard seed. If a mustard seed of knowing God can actually have you speaking the word of God from the knowledge you have, which is the power, isn't it? The name above every name. Did we not worship the name? And the name of be healed. So there's power in the name. Isn't that why I can walk and write the song? There is power in the name of Jesus. That power's in you and you speak it. What happens? Something happens. It's supposed to. That's a seed. That's the smallest seed. You see, there's so much power in the smallest seed of the knowledge of God. This is why Paul said, all I want to do is know him. Compared to the knowledge of God, my whole life was rubbish. Do you understand why knowing God is the most important thing a human can do and be? Because it empowers everything. Everything else is just a natural outflow outcome of knowing him. That's where identity is found. Everything is found in the knowing of God. Who do you say I am? Because it will determine everything about the way you respond to me. So a mustard seed size of faith can get something moving. What would a pineapple or a melon size of faith do in our lives? I'll finish on this statement, this story. I had a conversation with a mate of mine during the week whose marriage has completely fallen over because his wife for about the last 10 years has struggled with alcoholism. He's been loving her and loving her and in his own fault, some of the things he's admitted, his own pride and stuff, to the point where their marriage split up because she was having an affair. 
that he didn't know about, still living for three months, having an affair with another man. And I caught up with him, and this had been going on. He first told me around Christmas time, and we'd just been meeting up, and then he found out that the man that it's actually his wife is having an affair with is a rapist, a convicted rapist from Australia, who has beaten her up a couple of times. But because she's actually an alcoholic and she's struggling, she's just putting up with it because she's such a broken person looking for love and she's turning to all the wrong things. And he's saying to me, you know what? I sat through a police investigation with my wife listening about what the man had done to my wife. And he said, all I've got is love coming out of me for my wife. And the police are going, you're going to need counselling after this. He says, I don't, because I've got the counsellor. No, 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 no. Yeah, it sounds all good, whatever the counsellor is, because non-Christian. No, no, you're going to need, no, I don't, because I know the counsellor. And then he shared, oh, yeah, whatever. How is a man able to sit in a room and be the support person for a woman, a wife, that's cheated on him, lied to him for a number of months and be her comfort and love her like that. Because this man has faith the size of a mustard seed. He hasn't got it all together. He's struggling even in his own walk. But I know this man, I know him well, and I know he had a genuine encounter of revelation with the Lord some years ago. And he has said, the faith that I have, the knowledge of God that I have, is what's enabling and empowering me to sit there and love her and love the offender. Trust me, this man would have gone and ripped this guy's head off, and he could have. And it's pinging off. And no one can figure it out, but he knows it's the knowledge of God that enables him to live at the moment faithfulness. Do you know we're all called to live like that? Because we all know God and we're known by God and we can know God to a level that's beyond a mustard seed. That's supernatural, isn't it? But it's fully possible in him. I'm in this to a measure. For 10 years, I've lived my entire life from rest. Every day, second of the day. My wife will tell you. It's defined everything. It has come at a cost. Jesus said this, Greg. Come to me, son. If you won't rest. He said this to me, son, learn from me. And I'll give you rest for your soul. Which is your mind, which is where worry all starts, does it not? I'll give you rest for your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'll give you an initial deposit of it when you come to me. And then I want you to learn from me so you can not only maintain rest, you can grow in rest and it can grow in you. So you can live your entire life from Sabbath rest. 
Now that's a promise, correct? Are we all agreeing that God does not lie? Are we all agreeing that I can trust God? So that is a promise that's waiting to be my reality, correct? It's also yours, because I'm not special. And he didn't say, Greg, here's a special promise for you and no one else. He said, here is the promise for my people who have received my name, for they are sons of the Most High God. And as the son is, they are to be sons. So I send my Holy Spirit and put my spirit in their spirit. They will then cry back, Abba, Father. And there will be a connection made between heaven and earth that they would now become ambassadors of another realm who live on the earth, who are aliens and strangers to the earth, but they will love people on the earth because they've received the substance of heaven into them continuously so they're able to love like Jesus loved. Now that's a promise that's waiting to be revealed and received by many in the body of Christ. What a shame it would be if at the end of your life there was $1 million waiting at a bank account that you never found out about or opened it up. And you struggled your whole life and you could have received a million dollars. Do you know that this doesn't come close to what I just said of rest? It is shaping, defining my thinking, my life, my ability to love my wife, my children, the church that I love and shepherd. It's enabled me to go through hell on earth from the church persecuting because they don't understand. It's enabled a life where you can be persecuted and love and pray for your enemies. It's a life in you that the world doesn't know and can't put out. It's called hot. (laughs) And getting hotter. And it's for you too. People say, God, Greg, I want your life. I say, if you want my life, you've got to have my process. What's your process? Surrender. Don't like your process. Don't don't expect my life. (laughs) Meaning Christ's life in me. Surely there's another way. No. But I'm so committed, but are you surrendered? Commitment before surrender is a dangerous position. Because most of the time you're committed to yourself, but you're not surrendered to Christ. Get surrendered, then get committed. Oh, Greg, I really want this life you talk about. Do you really? Then go get your husband. Or whatever it is that has your heart that's preventing you. What do you love? What are you full of? Is it a wife? Is it a child? Is it a pet? Is it a sport? Is it a career? Is it ministry? What do you truly love because it's preventing you from the life I'm talking about? So go get it. Bring it to Jesus because Jesus wants to deal with it and then fill you with more of him and release you from it so you can be wholeheartedly surrendered. Too many Christians have incorporated Jesus into their lives, but they haven't surrendered their life to Christ. So incorporating Christians do this. Come in because I want you to do this for me. A wholehearted surrendered follower goes, come in, I need you to be my life. Can you hear the difference? We don't invite Jesus in for what he can do for us. We invite him in to completely change us.
And it sounds so similar, but in operation, it is miles apart. Because when you've only incorporated him in, and he starts touching on the things of self that you don't want to give, I knock on the door of your heart. And he knocks. And sometimes he needs to do this. Sometimes it's like this. If you wait too long, sometimes the knocking goes. But it'll come back. Don't incorporate them in. Surrender to them. If that's brought a conviction in your heart right now, can I ask you to stand? And I just want to pray.